I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 26. Tonight, we're continuing our resort review series, looking at the Epcot area deluxe resorts, the Yacht Club, Beach Club, and Boardwalk Inn. With me tonight are CJ Fragola, CJ9200 on the boards. Hey, CJ. Hey, guys. Eric Anderson, DEA on the boards. Hello. And a, a new victim of the podcast, Barry Summer, Friesen Rafiki on the boards. Hey, everybody. I'm going to buck the trend and say good morning, just in case someone's listening on their way into work. There you go. Uh, now, the Diz Dads podcast is sponsored by Fairytale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. I and several podcast panelists have joined the Fairytale Journeys team, and we'd love to help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Check us out at fairytalejourneys.com or the Fairytale Journeys by Diz Dads page at dizdads.com. We'll sweat the details so you don't have to. So, guys, uh, tonight we're talking about some of my favorite resorts on property, um, the Epcot area resorts, and I wanted to start with sort of the, the signature resorts of the area, I think, uh, the Yacht and Beach Club, and we, we kind of have to talk about them together, but um, I know that, that several of you stayed at the Beach Club, so um, why don't uh, one of our, our Beach Club veterans kind of speak up and give us an overview of uh, Beach Club Resort? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things to, to mention when we talk about Beach Club Resort is that when they say Beach Club, they're really kind of talking about the traditional um, Northeast uh, Beach Club, sort of uh, um, the... the um, it's got a very Cape Cod feel to it. Right, yeah, yeah. Cape Cod, Cape May, New Jersey, uh, Boston, that area. Yeah, and actually, my wife and I got married at a... Uh, resort up in Connecticut right off of uh, Long Island Sound and it's it's frighteningly like the beach club in terms of the architecture mm-hmm. and the layout but okay and so it is kind of a, a laid back uh, atmosphere there and it, it's it's decorated in sort of light beachy colors which is a contrast to its sister resort the the yacht club which is sort of uh, you know just just next door yeah the yacht club definitely has a sort of a darker uh, more nautical feel to the whole place, a lot more, uh, you know, ships, wheels on the walls. And, uh, like I said before, darker colors. Right. And, I mean, uh, and the motif. Yeah. It's, instead of the, the whitewash walls, we're looking more at, at, you know, the, the mahogany trim kind of, kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the, uh, the beach club's got a lot of, uh, like sandcastles, starfish type of, uh, white wood and uh, very light, uh, light colored wood. Right. Right. But uh, in terms of the the rooms themselves, at least in the the main areas of the hotels, the the beach club rooms and yacht club rooms are virtually identical. And, and you know the the same with the lobby. You know you can check in um, either place. You know it's, it's right there. The, they share a lot of common areas, and of course you know uh, full restaurants, things like that. There's virtually no difference. And one thing that the Yacht and the Beach Club share with uh, the monorail resorts that we talked about earlier is that many of the rooms in the Yacht Club and Beach Club resorts also have that day bed, which provides you with an extra sleeping surface. Uh, it's really nice for those, uh, you know, families of five. It's an extra bed or even families of four with, you know, a squirmy kid like mine. Um, being able to put, put one kid on a, on a day bed means everybody sleeps better. I don't have that problem, but, yeah, I can see it. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the amenities of the, that are available at the Beach Club and the Yacht Club resorts, many of which are actually kind of shared. Between the two, well, you got to start at the pool. 
you know, Stormalong Bay is is classified as a uh, water park, so they have to have a certain amount of, of lifeguards there. It's absolutely huge. There's a uh, lazy river. There's sand in the uh, you know some of the pool areas, so it's like you're on you know we on a beach or in the ocean and. You know, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we were there with my kids when they were um, still pretty young, and it was nice to you know go you know waist deep in the water. They can just sit there. We brought some uh, some big plastic uh, buckets along. Usually, there's a few laying around too. If you just want to grab some, you know, build some sandcastles and you know dig moats and, and uh, have all sorts of fun on the sand there with them. Yeah, I mean, Stormalong Bay, especially for younger kids, it it. it really provides a a whole water park experience there's the the sand areas there's the fact that it's zero entry um there are you know more extensive water slides than you might find at most pools um it really is a um a whole almost uh its own amusement park area and with very limited admission you've got to be staying at the Yotter Beach Park to be able to use the facilities there. Yeah, that's a good point, and they do really a, a much better job, I think, of controlling access uh, to Stormalong Bay than they do to some of the other pools. I mean, technically, park ho- or uh, pool hopping is is not permitted at uh, at Walt Disney World, but I know that it it still happens in a lot of the pools, and Stormalong Bay is one of the few that they they do a pretty good job of limiting it, um, mostly by using uh, wristbands that change color each day. Yep. Actually, one of the perks of being a DVC member is you are allowed to pool hop, um, but Stormalong Bay and um, a few others around property are ones that are always excluded from, uh, even from DVC pool hopping. So this, they, they definitely check. They check room keys. They give you a wristband when you grab your towel in the morning, and, and they're, they're pretty vigilant about it there. Now, Stormalong Bay is one of the things that I think uh, makes Beach Club and Yacht Club particularly good options for people who might want to try a split stay and maybe stay someplace less expensive for most of their trip and then upgrade to that deluxe for a day, maybe two days at the end of the trip. Um, And the reason for that is that you can use Stormalong Bay, again, especially if you've got younger kids, um, you can use Stormalong Bay on your check-in day and on your check-out day. So you can pay for one night at the beach club or the yacht club, get two days of use of Stormalong Bay, and that combination, both the, the you know, what you pay for that one night, um, and then having two, two days to use the facility, is probably less than you would pay for two days worth of admission to a Disney water park. And, it, and, and it's, fair, it's, it's, you can get as much fun out of the pool as you could, uh, almost as much as you could uh, at a water park. The slide is cool. It's certainly not, you know, on par with, you know, the major slides at the water parks. But, you know, especially if you got younger kids, it's just a great, you know, they're not going to know the difference. It's, in a, it's a great, inexpensive way to do it. Um, and there's also, you know, extensive dining options at, at both of these resorts. We're going to hold that discussion because we want to really kind of spend some time with it. Um, but suffice to say that you're not going to go hungry at either the Yacht Club or the Beach Club. Definitely not. And I'd like to say another thing that the two share is, uh, again, it's like the, the old real estate uh, saw location, location, location. We're talking about how the monorail resorts are so convenient for getting to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, these two resorts are make it very easy to get into uh, both Epcot through the International Gateway, and it's not too far a walk over to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios from there. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have uh, the boat rides to either one. Um, the boat will actually start in Epcot, stop at Boardwalk, Beach Club, Swan and Dolphin, and then continue on to um, Hollywood Studios. Um, so it's a nice little boat ride, but there is a, a really nice path, um, uh, walking path from any of these resorts to uh, the parks. Um, I measured out once from the boardwalk, excuse me, the uh, beach club to Hollywood Studios is just a bit over a mile, 
which sounds like a lot, but when you consider you do eight or nine miles walking around a park during the day, it's really not that much more. Um, it's all along a nice waterway, a uh, nice paved and lit path. Um, we, uh, we stop and play with some ducks along the way, and if you're lucky, you can't even see an alligator in the water. <laughs> if you're unlucky, you see it right on the path. <laughs> That's true. It, uh, it, if anyone is nervous, but it is a bit elevated uh, with a bit of a, a steep drop-off that uh, the gator have to make about a three- or four-foot jump, which may not be impossible, but uh, I wouldn't be worried. Good to know. Good to know. And the other thing about that is you're not waiting on any sort of transportation to get to either park. You can just you yep. know, take off walking, and it's, again, like you said, not that not that far to go. Well, and, and again, you know, if you're entering – Epcot through the International Gateway. Um, first of all, I think I really like that entrance to Epcot a lot. Um, I think a lot of times the entrance through Future World seems to me to be a lot of extra walking before you get to attractions. I mean, maybe I'm being, you know, overly looking for excuses here, but it just seems to me that when you come through the International Gateway, you're, you're instantly kind of in the park. I mean, you know, as soon as you come through the gateway, you've got the the shops from, um, you know, France and England, pavilions just right there. And if you come in through the front, you've got that whole sort of monument graveyard that you have to traverse before you get to anything really interesting. Plus the wind tunnel coming underneath Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just, I, I found the International Gateway entrance to be a much more pleasant entrance. Oh, it's very nice. It's, you know, tree-lined and, and right along the uh, the waterway there. It's very nice. Yeah. And, and plus, if you're if you're there at Rope Drop, at least they have in the past, you get a little bit of a head start. So um, once you enter, you've got enough time to get to, like, Soren you know, or Test Track just as the hordes are coming in. So it's it's... Very, it's not very crowded, and it's it's very easy to get into where you want to go, whatever ride that uh, you know it, you want to do. So yeah, that's an important point because obviously at Rope Drop, uh, World Showcase isn't open yet, but you can certainly walk through it to to go mm-hmm. on down through to to Future World, and they do uh, sort of try and and expedite your your way through world showcase so that uh you know you're, you're not at any disadvantage heading for the the you know soaring fast passes or or test track or whichever whichever direction you're headed actually i found and, that and you're you're it, you have somewhat of an advantage because you get they let you in early and there's no drop until you get to the rides as, as nice as it is in the morning, it's uh, probably even nicer coming back late night at the end of the park day. You're not waiting for a bus. You're not, you know, you can walk or stumble as it may be uh, back to your hotel, and it's a real quick walk, and you're back in your bed. Yeah, we found it especially nice for um, when you come down for the food and wine festival at Epcot, um, <laughs> coming in and out yeah. uh, the International Gateway right when they're opening up the World Showcase for food and wine makes it you know, easy in, easy out, and you're already sort of at the back of the park, whereas a lot of those people are resor- coming in through the front of the park. Yeah. Those so resorts fill up fast, crowd. though. You know, they fill up fast in the fall, though. As soon as those food and wine dates are released, uh, those hotels will fill up quick. It's true, so call your fairy tale Journeys agent and book early. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, I had to plug. So, do you need a ding there for... <laughs> I think I'm dingy enough by myself. Thank you. So um, at this point, I, I think I want to take a break for a second because, uh, you know, Barry being uh, new to the podcast panel, that means that he has not yet been a victim of 10 questions. And so, uh, Barry, I'm going to invite you to uh, take your spot on the hot seat. I shall do my best. All right. And number one, Barry, where do you live and what do you do for a living? I live in Racine, Wisconsin, just south of Milwaukee, and I am a computer systems administrator. Describe your family for us. Um, I have a wife of 11 years, Bambi, um, a 7-year-old daughter, Madison, 
five-year-old son, Evan, and we have a son, Ryder, on the way this spring. What is your favorite off-the-beaten-path location in Walt Disney World? Uh, actually, I think we were just talking about it, part of the International Gateway. Um, there's some nice benches down there. You can kind of come in, come out, you know, hop on the boat if you want. It's 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 quiet. You know, you got a nice view of uh, France and, and England there and across the across the lake and not a lot of people down there. Nice little shop, too. What is your least favorite location in Walt Disney World? Least favorite. I'm going to have to go with kind of the back of Hollywood Studios. Um, kind of as you walk through Pixar Place and head back towards um, the Lights, Mars Action, you kind of go through a little area there. And for some reason, I always get turned around. I always get lost in there. And I'm I'm glad my son Evan can read a map because for some reason <laughs> I cannot figure my way out of that place. So now we'll know where to look for you. <laughs> Who is your favorite animated Disney character? Um, that would be Rafiki from The Lion King. Uh, part shaman, part uh, kung fu master, and uh, it's pretty cool. And all monkey. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What sound or noise? He's an ape. He's an ape. Sorry. What sound or noise do you love? Um, that would be in the morning when you get into the parking lot and you get on the tram and everyone gets on and the guy in the back gets on his little PA and says, "Driver, we're clear to you." Beep beep. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Um, it's tough one. I, don't, I tend not to hate a lot of things. I always let some things slide and, and ignore things I don't like, but uh, I suppose I can use the old standby of someone yelling at their kids at Disney World. What career other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, man. Um, I thought it would always be fun to be like one of those bush pilots giving uh, you know tours through the outbacks or uh, through the glaciers or hopping around some Caribbean islands and taking tourists around. What job would you not like to do? Oh, man. Anything on Wall Street. They're getting a real bad rap. <laughs> I don't need any bad publicity. I just like to keep it, uh, keep, keep my nose clean. Okay. If you could be a Disney cast member for one year, and only one year, what job would you want to do for that year? It's going to sound crazy, but you know the guy that follows the horses in the parade with the little bucket and the little scoop? Yeah? Hey, if I'm only doing it for a year, it's not a bad gig. Okay. And uh, with that scoop, Barry, you can uh, you can exit the hot seat. Thank you very much. I'll wash my hands on the way out. Please do. Good job, man. There's some sanitizer on the wall. Hope you washed them on the way in. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Barry. No problem. So we've we've talked a little about a little bit about yacht club, a little bit about beach club. Um, The other resort in the Epcot area is the Boardwalk Inn. Um, Somebody give us sort of an overview of of the Boardwalk, its theming and its its layout. Well, the Boardwalk Resort is is uh, really supposed to evoke uh, sort of the Jersey Shoreline resorts of uh, of yesteryear. Not Jersey Shore, <laughs> Jersey Shoreline, but um, sort of a throwback to you know turn of the century uh, resorts in that area. Um, it's got sort of a, uh, almost a Victorian feel to it, but um, very relaxed. Uh, whereas the Grand Floridian has that sort of Victorian grandeur to it, to it, uh, the Boardwalk Inn has more of a of a of a beachy feel to it. The, if you know, it seems to me that like the Boardwalk would be where the people who at the turn of the century would have stayed during the week at the Grand Floridian, they would have gone to the Boardwalk for the weekend. That's that's probably an apt analogy. Yeah. Um, it, it just gives you that uh, that much more relaxed vibe to it, um, and it's more of a more of a a playtime atmosphere, I think, than uh, than the Grand Floridian is. So, so yeah, I think that's that's a very good analogy. 
And and the boardwalk, um, you know, some of the things I hear about the boardwalk, um, I hear some people complain that it's just too sprawling. That, uh, you know, sometimes you, you're, if you're in one of the rooms that's kind of towards the back of the resort, getting to your room, it can feel like, you know, walking down the hall to, in The Shining, <laughs> the hall that never ends. Yeah, that's, that's very true. If you if you get a bad location, you're, you know, you're halfway to MGM before you get to your room. And which is good if you're going to MGM, you can go down the stairs and be almost right there. But it is a long walk. Yeah, we stayed in uh, in a, one of the DVC rooms for food and wine last November, my wife and I. And uh, we were like looking out the window at the swan. We were probably the closest room to the swan in the resort, which means it's the room that is the greatest distance away from Epcot possible. But, you know, it's food and wine festival, so we could probably use the exercise to back and forth. For you guys that have stayed at both that and, um, like, uh, Kadami Village, I know Kadami Village has got some pretty long hallways too. Which, uh, Which you think would be longer? Well, I, th- I really think, and I, I stayed at uh, Kidani not that long ago, and the thing that they did is they put elevators spaced through the long walkway. Like, for instance, if you're at a location and you want to go to the uh, bus stop, you can walk down to an elevator, drop right down, and you're fairly close. It, boardwalk, you know, if you're at the far end rooms, you have to walk all the way to the lobby and then go out to where the bus stop is. So they, it, Kidani learned a lot from the problems at the boardwalk. And, and that to me is one of the major problems, but you know, it's, it's doable, you know, it's not like you're walking miles and miles. Okay. And in terms of the rooms themselves, the the boardwalk rooms are probably just a little bit smaller than the yacht club and beach club rooms. Um, most of them don't have the the day bed, in in addition to the the two queen size beds that are standard in deluxe rooms. Um, and that's so the the standard rooms are probably a little bit smaller. But one of the things that the boardwalk has um, that are unique there are some of the you know much, uh, or some of the nicest, um, of the, uh, uh, DVC resort rooms. Uh, I know CJ, you, you got to, uh, experience one of, one of the, uh, kind of top of the line ones with the, uh, the boardwalk, uh, uh, Grand Villa. Uh, that was an amazing experience. It was my daughter's, uh, 16th birthday. And I took, uh six of our girlfriends there and to see their faces when they entered the room was amazing. And in fact, you know, one girl commented, this is nicer than my house. <laughs> and it, it, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, it, 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 you know, you got a great view of the boardwalk. It's a, we stayed in a two story and, um, it's, it, it's amazing, you know, and I, Without TVC, I couldn't afford to get that room, uh, but um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so there are, are DVC rooms at, at the Boardwalk and at the Beach Club. Um, the Boardwalk has the, the Grand Villa rooms uh, and then also you know the, the smaller, more standard uh, DVC rooms available. Um, most of those are also available as cash reservations. They are not uh, inexpensive, but um, you know those those Grand Villa rooms at uh, at Boardwalk will accommodate more people than almost any other um, uh, room on property. Uh, I think the only ones that that can accommodate as many are the uh, Treehouse Villas um, at uh, Saratoga and. Uh, there may be another couple of Grand Villas that can also do it. If I'm remembering correctly, the Boardwalk Grand Villa can can accommodate ten. Um, three bedrooms, uh, two uh, I think full size beds in the two upper bedrooms in uh, a king and the master plus there, and maybe a pull out couch. I'm not. I don't 
quite remember that. We didn't quite need that, but no. it, it could take a lot of people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is a pullout. Okay. I, I believe all of the uh, DVC Grand Villas across property uh, sleep 12. 12, okay. So there aren't a lot of them available, and so as a result, they're expensive. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes people have unique circumstances, and that's what they need. Um, well, it was it was yeah, a remarkable experience when, um, you know, I took her and our friends up there. They were amazed at the room. It's just absolutely beautiful. And uh, the boardwalk has a, an interesting pool. I'll call it that. It, you know, from what I understand, it's sort of a love-hate thing. Um, you know, some people really like it. Uh, other people refer to it as the crazy clown pool. Um, it sort of depends on how you feel about clowns. Um, what isn't somebody who has who's experienced it uh, kind of, uh, you know, lay out that debate for us? Okay. Well, I mean, it's the, uh, the water slide at the pool is... Uh has a, a big clown face on it. And when I say it's a big clown face, it's you know, roughly the size of Delaware. <laughs> um, and uh, if, if you've got any sort of aversion to clown, having that right in front of you, if you're looking at it, or being sort of expelled from it if you're going down the water slide can be a, a bit of an odd experience. Um, it's uh, the 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 clown is a little unsettling. I've got to, I've got to say, even though I don't have any, you know, deep-seated fear of clowns, but uh, it's just, it's an odd choice, and uh, I know that a lot of people do have sort of this deep-seated dislike of clowns, and this one, I think, could definitely, you know, push them toward another resort if uh, they knew they were going to be looking at it the whole time. They were down at the pool. Now the- a lot of big orange hair too. <laughs> And now the, 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 X, the crosses or X's for eyes, I forget which one it is, but it's, uh, it's also a little odd. Now, the, the, the flip side to that, though, is that if clowns don't freak you out, it's a really nice pool and a great slide. Um, it, it is a very good slide. My daughter loves it. Um, the pool is nice. It's, it's fairly large, well-themed. You have elephants squirting water at you, you know, on various spots, and it's... It's it's a really good pool if you can, you know, avoid the clown. Also, I should note that it's. I don't think that one has a zero entry. No, no, it, it doesn't. So that that so you're going to have to you know use ladders to get in or or jump in. But uh, if people have mobility concerns, then uh, they should be aware that that's not one where you where you can just uh, have that zero entry. Right. Um. Now, the, the boardwalk also sort of has its own sort of unique uh, entertainment district because, again, being themed after the uh, you know, Jersey Shore boardwalks, it has uh, entertainment venues that are adjacent to the resort um, that are designed to sort of continue that theme and carry it on to the surrounding area. That's a big plus of the boardwalk. Um, the entertainers there are top notch, and it's very much an audience participation. And a lot of people have fun just, you know, walking the boardwalk, visiting all these different entertainers, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it it adds a lot to the boardwalk atmosphere at night. So along the boardwalk, you've got sort of strolling entertainers uh, doing what kinds of things? Primarily uh, things like a. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Come on, Barry, tell so us about it. Like, like the um, uh, like strolling, like um, like close-up magicians, uh, card tricks. Um, obviously, uh, family-friendly and and uh, um, like comedians and type of stuff out there. I think they had some jugglers. Um, it's been a while since I've been over there, but it's the things I remember. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But they're they're very entertaining, and they get, you know, the crowd involved. They they ask for participation from the audience, you know, bring in little Johnny to hold the card and things like that. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And in addition to those free entertainment opportunities, um, there are also probably more uh, of the sort of, uh, you know, 
more entertainment focused, um, you know, lounges and um, bar venues and things like that in this boardwalk area than there are just about anywhere else on property except maybe for downtown Disney. Yeah, there's um, Jelly Rolls, which has the dueling pianists. Um, they, uh, you know, they play just about anything you want them to play. Uh, it, it is a $10 cover charge to get in there. So what it I, is uh, for a what little... I... Yeah, from Sorry, what I from what I understand, that cover charge has now gone up to thirteen dollars. Well, that's much worse than ten dollars. <laughs> uh, it's unlucky too. Um, but but yeah, so so you are you are paying up front plus you know, you're paying for whatever you have to eat or drink inside, and that's uh, you know it could be a could be a barrier to entry for people, but. Right. Um, it is an entertaining uh, way to spend an evening. Yeah, I mean, the upside is that the pianist, the pianists are really good, and they really do know just about anything you could ask them to play, and uh, they do play requests. Yeah, and if you get a, a, a big crowd there, it gets, you know, like a, uh, just a super party where everybody's having fun, everybody's singing off-key, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it, you know, when it's Got a decent-sized crowd. And the area is also home to the Atlantic Dance Hall, the uh, last remaining dance club on Disney property, I believe. Um, But, uh, you know, I I have to admit I've never been to the Atlantic Dance Hall, Uh, although I know that uh, the the WDW Today folks are uh, part of their thousandth episode celebration is taking place at the Atlantic Dance Hall. Yeah, I, I've never been there either, but it's uh, it's another venue for adults. You know, since they got rid of Pleasure Island, there's you know, very few places that are sort of adult only. But this is a, a 21 and up dance club, so right. um, if you're if you're there with uh, you know a group of adults and you can or and or you can ditch the kids somewhere, um, then then it could be an option for you. Right. Well, let's go ahead as as long as we're talking about entertainment and, and really kind of you know blend this into uh, the the topic near and dear to every Diz Dad's heart, uh, and that is food and dining, uh, because there's really some fabulous dining at the resorts in the Epcot area. Um, it's it's sort of not fair, right? I mean, you know, Epcot uh, Park probably has the best uh, in theme park dining of any of the theme parks at Walt Disney World. And uh, the the resorts there in the Epcot area also uh, provide some of the best dining opportunities on property. Um, you know, we can start with the, the signature restaurants. Um, the Yacht Club features uh, Yachtsman Steakhouse, which is a, a signature restaurant. And uh, I actually went and, and had the, the audacity to bring my young children to a signature restaurant. And I have Good to say you. that, uh, that they were welcomed. And, you know, I know a lot of people, they think, gosh, the yacht club is this kind of, you know, dark and, and, um, very sort of rich looking environment. And the Yachtsman Steakhouse is a signature restaurant. It's going to be this kind of stuffy, uncomfortable place. And I didn't find that at all. Uh, I found it really comfortable and welcoming, uh, had a great meal there. The kids, you know, did well with it and enjoyed their meals there as well. Uh, got terrific steaks, um, a really good lobster bisque, uh, really enjoyed our, our dinner there, uh, back in September. Anybody else uh, feelings about the the yachtsman one way or the other? I'll give it another thumbs up. I've been there on some date nights with my wife. I've been at uh, at uh, WDW, and um, it's they've always you know put out a good meal. We're both uh, steak eaters, so it was right in the wheelhouse for us. And uh, they just do a fantastic job there. And then, you know, also at the Yacht Club is the Captain's Grill, which doesn't get, you know, the the press that Yachtsman Steakhouse gets. I, I don't think you hear the buzz about it so much. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it, it's not a signature restaurant. It's a more casual uh, sit-down restaurant experience. Um, but I haven't ever heard anybody complain that the food that they got there wasn't good. Captain's Grill was probably one of my best uh, dining experiences at Walt Disney World. 
Um, we've eaten there a, a couple of times, and you get the same kind of quality, if not better, or as good as, as Yachtsman, but the prices are cheaper. Um, uh, my daughter's a vegetarian. The chef came out and talked to her about what you know her options were, and I had a grilled pork chop that was absolutely delicious. It's I, I can't rave enough about that place. It's it's a great place to eat. So our our first uh, you know dining secret that we're giving away here today for you all our listeners, courtesy of CJ Captain's Grill. And it's it's you know we went there without ADRs and said you know can you seat us? They seated seated us within a, a couple of minutes and. The staff was great. The food was great. The uh, it it was a great experience. Good to hear. Um, moving on to uh, Beach Club, uh, you, there are a couple of really interesting dining experiences available. Um, I ate at uh, Cape May Cafe uh, just this past December, and um, Cape May Cafe is an all-you-can-eat uh, seafood buffet. Um, and I, I got to say, you know, I've heard some people complain about it, say that, that you know, the line moves too slow and it, it's, uh, as a result, it's, you know, too expensive because you can't really enjoy it. Uh, I got to say, I got to disagree 100%. I mean, first of all, we showed up and, and did, um, I, I have to apologize almost because we felt a little bad. Originally, the folks I went there with, um, one of the guys we were with had made a reservation for one. And then, and then, and then four of us decided to join him and, and we just showed up and, and did, um, what, what we affectionately referred to as testa bombed the, uh, Cape, Cape May Cafe, uh, you know, just went there and said, look, we've got a reservation for one. Uh, I've got four friends here who would love to join me. Can, can you accommodate us? And they were gracious. They accommodated us with no problem. Uh, we were able to be seated, you know, as quickly as we would have been otherwise. Um, and I have to tell you that I have not gorged myself on seafood like that in recent memory in my, you know, it's probably been 20 years since I've eaten crab legs like that. Um, but, uh, we found that quality was really good. It was a good thing that the restaurant was busy because it meant that there was fresh food constantly coming out. And, um, you know, I, I just, I haven't, I haven't had a, uh, a seafood buffet that was as consistently good as what I experienced at, uh, Cape May Cafe in, in quite some time. Has anybody else, uh, indulged? Um, I did the, uh, character breakfast there and it was kind of standard fare. Um, uh, haven't done the, the buffet, which sounds very interesting. Yeah, the buffet is a very different experience than the the character breakfast. I mean, I understand the character breakfast is a a fairly standard buffet breakfast. Yeah. Um, but um, you know this this seafood buffet, you know, steamed crab legs, and again, it was a busy enough restaurant that you didn't get the kind of rubbery, soggy crab legs that sometimes come from being on a buffet, uh, just because they didn't sit there long enough to get that way. Um, you know, fresh steamed mussels, clams, um, there were, they were slicing, you know, prime rib on the, on the, the back station. Um, just, just really consistently good food. Um, and lots of it. And along the lines of lots of food, the other dining opportunity at, at beach club that, that, you know, we kind of can't miss mentioning is, uh, beaches and cream which is somewhat unique uh, as Walt Disney World Resort restaurants go because uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't take ADRs. That's true. It, it's a pretty small place. There's maybe a dozen or so tables in there and a counter you can sit at. And, uh, boy, around mealtimes or in the evenings, that place gets packed and the line starts getting long. Best burger on property. I, I love their cheeseburgers. Yeah, cheeseburgers are good. Um, we'll go in there typically. We'll sit at the counter, and basically it's the open kitchen right there. So you're watching the guy doing his his, uh, his little theatrics in the kitchen, getting everything ready and putting it on the plate and setting it in front of you. And kids just eat that up. They love it. 
And, uh, you know, the real signature at Beaches and Cream is the cream part. Uh, it's famous for its ice cream. And uh, in particular, the, the kitchen sink, which is everything including, uh, being it, it is served in a kitchen sink, uh, we, uh, I did that once. Uh, with a group of well, six of us or so. Um, I believe it's eight scoops of ice cream, every topping they have in the house, and an entire can of whipped cream. And uh, if, if you think that sounds good, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> the six of us worked on that thing and worked at that thing, and finally... It takes you a while to get through it, so some of the ice cream and all the toppings just sort of end up puddled in the bottom, so we just grabbed a couple of straws and finished it off that way. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Nothing I, goes I, to waste. Yeah, I, no I ice cream left it, behind. Yeah, I tried it with my family of four, including my, my two young daughters, one of whom is, a, is an ice cream eating machine, but even she was stymied by, uh, by the sheer volume, so... Uh, it, it is quite an undertaking. Yes, it is. And and the ice cream is, you know, let's be honest here, it's more than just the kitchen sink. Um, you know, the, the rest of the ice cream treats that they serve, it, they do serve large portions of really tasty stuff. Um, you know, I, I hear rave reviews for the No Way Jose, for example, uh, which is, you know, on the surface, a fairly standard, you know, hot fudge sundae. Um, but really, you know, kicked up a notch at Beaches and Cream. Yep, I haven't tried that one, but we have uh, just stopped in for other Sundays and, um, you know, milkshakes, malt milk and stuff, and they, they you get a large portion there. And it's all premium quality. It's it's the, the best ice cream in, you know, on property, and it's it, it, the atmosphere is great when they bring out a kitchen sink, and it's it's just a great place to go. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on around, we get the Big River Grill and Brewing Works. And, uh, you know, its big claim to fame, really, is is the Brewing Works part of, of the restaurant. Um, I, I think at this point I should mention one of my favorite new finds. Um, it's a, a new um, iPod, or a... Uh, a new iPod, iPhone, iPad app uh, from the, the guys at the Beers and Ears blog. And um, it's, it's really pretty remarkable. I highly recommend it if you're a, a, especially a, a microbrew fan. Um, they have compiled all of the various beers that are served all over Walt Disney World and then created an app that tells you where you can find them. Um Really handy little tool. Um, and I, I suspect that you would find more at the Big River Grill and Brewing Works than you would at most uh, most of the venues that serve beer at Walt Disney World. Yeah, I've never eaten there. Um, so I have no idea what it tastes like. Or Yeah, I don't know that any of us have eaten there. Um, Eric, Barry, either of you? Nope. I have not, no. Okay. Yeah, so at this point, all I can say about it is, uh, you know, I'm intrigued by the Brewing Works, and uh, we'll be, uh, you know, next time I'm, I'm in the world, I, I'm going to be playing with uh, that Beers and Ears app. Road trip. Um, next venue to talk about at the Boardwalk is a signature restaurant at the Boardwalk, uh, Flying Fish. Now, Flying Fish has, has done some new things recently that I think are really interesting. Um, the the one that, that intrigues me the most is their new, uh, what they're calling the Chef's Counter. And what they've done is they didn't really have room to do a chef's table in their kitchen. But they had an existing area of the bar that kind of overlooked the open part of the kitchen. And they're now serving a uh, chef's table type meal at the chef's counter, uh, which I, I'm I'm very intrigued with, or uh, very intrigued, which intrigues me greatly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, what they do out at the Napa Rose in uh, at Disneyland, the Grand Californian. 
uh, they have sort of the same setup. It's, it's more or less a counter looking right into the kitchen. You're right beside uh, some of the, the prep chefs there, and uh, beside beside where they you know, expedite orders out. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime you can get that sort of experience where you're dealing directly with the chef and getting a tasting menu like that, especially at a restaurant like Flying Fish, which is at the moment my favorite signature restaurant on property. Uh, it, it's a really great thing. Just, uh, Disney has some great chefs, and I think the more interaction you can have with them, uh, learning more about the food and what they do with it is a, is a great thing. It's a great learning experience. So tell us a little bit, of, a little bit about why Flying Fish is your favorite signature restaurant on property. Sure. I, I, too, had the audacity to bring my children to a signature restaurant uh, on our last trip down as a family. Um, we had a, a really good server there uh, named Bob. Um, he you know, fussed over the girls, but in a very adult way. He talked to them like they were uh, small grown-ups, uh, like they had uh, you know, sort of their own opinions and could relate them to him, and, and they could. So it was, it was just a great interaction. Uh, between them and him, uh, also, you know, with the rest of the family, he was uh, he was very professional, but um, just uh, really did a great job being you know, friendly as well as professional and and steering us uh, towards some some great options. Um, the food quality there is is great. They've, uh, as you might you know, guess from the the name of the restaurant, they focus on seafood. They've got. Um, uh, Sort of their their specialties seem to run uh, to seafood, although you can get a steak there if you want. Um, they uh, just turn out really good food consistently, um, and and like I said before, they they uh, the wait the wait staff there, uh, the cast members there who who serve the food are uh, top notch. I, I've I've really been impressed with their professionalism. Uh, and on this one occasion with with our daughters there, it was it was great. They um, really got along with them. They um, were able to you know, eat some things that weren't just standard mac and cheese. And uh, at the end of the meal, he brought them uh, a little box filled with uh, with Swedish fish. So they've earned his undying, <laughs> uh, or he's earned their undying affection for for doing that. Yes. Um, so uh, we uh, we're just very impressed with with both the food quality and um, sort of our, our interaction with, with the folks there. Sounds good. I'm going to have to add that one to my list. It's really good. And uh, also at the Boardwalk is one of the few uh, sort of celebrity chef restaurants in Walt Disney World, and that's Cuisina, uh, which is you know, features as its executive chef, Cat uh, Cora of Iron Chef fame. Um, Cuisina is... Uh, got a, a sort of a Greek Mediterranean uh, theme to it. Um, a lot of the dishes are, are you know, from that, that sort of tradition, the, the Greek Mediterranean um, cooking styles. And uh, I've, I've been hearing some really good things about it. Um, I think it had a bit of a rough start when it, when it first, you know, uh, it's, all, it's one of the newer restaurants on property. I want to say it's only been open two years, maybe three. Um, and I think it maybe had a bit of a, a rough opening because it was it was so different from uh, what was there previously. But uh, I'm hearing a lot of good things about it lately. Well, I ate there um, relatively uh, right after the opening and was not impressed. So that's good to hear that um, it's gotten better. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I haven't eaten there myself, but I've been kind of following the buzz with it because I'm an Iron Chef fan. So yeah. so when I heard that, that Kat Cora was doing a restaurant there, I was intrigued. Um, and and I've heard um, a lot of, of a lot of really positive things, particularly in the last, uh, I'd say, six months or so. Yeah, it, it might have been my expectations, too, because, you know, I'm a Kat Cora fan and... Um, it just didn't live up to it, so um, that's on my to-do next time list now. All right. Well, good. We'll be looking forward to hearing how it goes. <laughs> um, 
this area is also home to the uh, the ESPN Zone, the uh, only real sports bar on Walt Disney World property. Um, what can we say about it? It's the ESPN Zone. Um, I'm not a fan of chain restaurants at Walt Disney World. Um, that may just be me, but I figure if I can find one someplace that I haven't, you know, flown a thousand miles to, to take a vacation, then, uh, I probably don't need to eat it there. Yeah. And it, and on top of that, anytime there's a, a big sporting event, you're going to find the place very crowded. And my suggestion would be if you're in that area and you want to watch a sporting event that's televised, you might want to go over to the cruise cup lounge over at the yacht club. They've got TVs over the bar there. And, uh, you'll probably have a better shot at getting a, you know, getting in first of all, and, uh, you know, not being packed in with uh, a thousand people. That's uh, a great is, tip. That's a great tip. As a matter of fact, I was going to mention that I was just hearing recently that they were recommending for people who wanted to get into ESPN zone for the Super Bowl, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, uh, that they should, uh, be there at 11 o'clock. For a, for a it, 630 game? Yeah. So, for a 630 yeah, kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, if it's, a, if it's a big sporting event, you need to get there, like, super early. But the atmosphere is, if you're a sports fan, it's, like, the ultimate experience because of all the TVs, you know. You go to the bathroom, there's the TVs in there, and it's it, it's interesting. Well, the, the last dining opportunity that I wanted to, to make sure we mentioned is um, the Boardwalk Bakery. Um, as I understand it, the Boardwalk Bakery handles the cake baking for all of the Epcot area resorts, um, and even beyond just those deluxe resorts, but even the, um, you know, other, uh, uh, moderate and, and value resorts that are kind of on that half of the property. Um, as I understand it, what Grand Floridian Bakery handles the other side. Um, but, uh, you know, things like uh, birthday cakes and anniversary cakes and all those kinds of things, all of those, uh, even if you have them delivered to a restaurant, originate at uh, the Boardwalk Bakery. So it's a good place to know about, um, you know, if you're celebrating a special occasion, you want to do something special, that's a, a good place to start. Also, uh, in that uh, the Boardwalk doesn't really have interior restaurants, uh, quick service restaurants. And if you get one of those refillable mugs with your, if you're on the dining plan, uh, Boardwalk Bakery is going to be one of the, one of the few places you're going to be able to, to refill your, your mug. Ah, excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, it's also a good, good place, obviously to, you know, pick up a quick breakfast because there's not a lot of, again, not a lot of quick service options there, uh, at Boardwalk. That's true too. Um, all right. Well, is there anything that, uh, anybody feels like we, we missed here that we need to mention uh, about the, uh, these deluxe resorts in the, in the Epcot area? Uh, there are some other, uh, like recreation, uh, activities. I know, I believe they all rent, um, uh, either bikes or the Surrey bikes. You can go around the whole, uh, loop, um, along the boardwalk over the bridge past the beach, Yelp, the yacht club and back to uh, boardwalk. Um, and then I know CJ, you've rented the um, uh, the boats from there before, haven't you? Um, no, I did it actually at the uh, the Contemporary. So you're on the Seven Seas Lagoon. Um, but my daughter loves that. She loves to run, and she loves that running path. So if you're you're a runner, running on running around the, the boardwalk areas, it's a good run. That's a- did you do a, a fireworks cruise there? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that is true. Um, I've done uh, a couple of fireworks cruises there, and um, they're at the Beach Club. It's um, a, a nice way to see uh, uh, illuminations, and they have snacks and things like that. And you know, it's 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 a very nice experience. It's a bit pricey, but it's a very nice experience. But as far as water sprites and things like that. Um, um, I don't think that they rent them there. No, I don't think so. I, thought, I know they have some pontoon boats. I don't know if you can, I yeah. think you can rent them there. 
I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can, because I think that those pontoon boats are the ones that they use for the um, for the fireworks cruises. Um, but uh, those are, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's something we hadn't talked about. And um, it is one of the kind of nice little things you can do. Um, you don't have to be staying at one of these resorts to book these, but um, they do originate from uh, Beach Club. And uh, essentially, as I understand it, they take the, the pontoon boat, uh, run it, Right underneath the uh, the bridge there um, at at the lagoon, and you can watch the the illuminations um, show from sort of underneath the prime spot that everybody kind of jostles for if they're you know trying to hold a spot to see illuminations there uh, on that bridge. Yeah, it's a great, it's an unbelievable spot. Um... What they do is you go on, you, you load onto the boat, they have snacks, drinks, things like that. Um, they drive around the, the, the lake and, um, you know, just have a little fun. And then they park um, right under the bridge and it's perfect view, viewing location. There's nobody standing in front of you. There's no crowds. Um, you can get great pictures and video. And it's, it's it, a very nice experience. Um, as I think Barry mentioned, the, the location can't be beat. I mean, you're walking distance from Epcot and MGM. Um, you got great sight lines, great views. It's it's a great area to to you know stay and visit and enjoy. Actually, that that reminds me. We should mention that um, the shortest walk to Disney's Hollywood Studios would be from uh, from the boardwalk. Um, and, you know, I guess it's only fair because International Gateway is closest to, uh, you know, Beach Club. Um, so, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Beach Club. Yeah, Beach Club. Beach Club. Yeah, Yacht Club, Beach Club, Boardwalk. So, um, the, uh, the path to, to Disney's Hollywood Studios may be a little far from Yacht Club. Yeah? Um, it's a walk. But it's, you know, it's a doable walk. You can um, take your time and, you know, not just rush. Um, I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's quicker than taking the boat, but it is a bit of a walk. Yeah, I mean, Beach Club is probably the happy medium because you can go one side to go to the International Gateway. You can go the other side to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And, you know, either way is a, a you know, nice, less than a mile walk. Yeah. Um, and uh, like we said, you know, Boardwalk gives you the shortest walk to Disney's Hollywood Studios, a little bit longer walk around to the International Gateway. And you might want to mention that it's the rooms at the Beach Club that are closest to the International Gateway are the villas. And oh, right. At the, at the Boardwalk, the ones that are closest to Disney Hollywood Studios and therefore furthest from Epcot's International Gateway are the DVC property. So... Um, the, those are going to put you closest uh, to each park. The, and uh, so if you're you know, trying to trying to plan your room selection to be closest to one or the other, right. um, those, those might be blocked off yeah. because they are DVC properties. Right. Yeah, the, the cash rooms are going to be closer to the lobby area as compared to the, the DVC rooms. All right. Well, um, I, I think to kind of uh, give us an exit, guys, what I'd like to do is is to just do a, a quick, uh, you know, around and back um, and name one of your, you know, sort of do two things. So on the one way around, um, give us your, your two favorite uh, food or drink things from the, uh, the board, from the uh, uh, Epcot area resorts. All right. You know, individual items. And uh, Barry? Uh, I will start with the kitchen sink, um, just for the uh, the sheer gluttony of it. Okay. And um, uh, CJ, one of your favorites? Um, the pork chop I had at Cactus Girl. Unbelievable. And Eric, one of your favorites? I'll go with the, the filet, Yachtsman. Okay. And now i got to change, so I'm going to go with the uh, lobster bisque at Yachtsman. Um, Barry, your second. Uh, I actually haven't had it yet, but I've heard it's the same one that they serve at the Bakery of the Magic Kingdom, and that is the um, egg, ham, and cheese croissant from the Boardwalk Bakery. 
Okay. That is well, I'm good. looking forward to grabbing one of those. That is good. CJ, your second. Um, cheeseburger at uh, uh, um, Beach or Beach Club. Uh, Beach is a great Sorry. All right. And Eric? I'm going to go with the, the cheese plate at the Flying Fish. Ooh, good one. Uh, and for for my final choice, um, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say that um, my favorite thing is whatever I can get as soon as I walk through that international gateway <laughs> and go just a little to my left and hit the bakery in France. Good point. Um, all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, you've heard what we have to say about the Epcot area resorts. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcasts at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at Disdads Podcast on Twitter. Or participate in the discussions in the Disdad subforum of the Disney for Families forum at disboards.com. Again, this is Aaron Ritmaster with Barry Summer. Good night, everybody. CJ Fergola. Have a good night. And Eric Anderson. See you again real soon. Nice job, guys. Brought to you by Fairy Tale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. Let us help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Find us at fairytalejourneys.com. Let us sweat the details so you don't have to. This has been a Wizard of Oz production.